Oh, there he is. Call me that. The name is Chainsaw. That's in Black and Decker? That's in Texas Massacre. Oh, yeah, that's in here. Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of Deluxe Edition. And one day, Casey, I, I say to myself all the time, I've got to come up with another thing. I just say the same thing every time. But I only think about changing it just now when I say it. Welcome to another edition of Deluxe Edition. It's me, Bill Seabald, and Casey Shearer, as always, digging deep into pop culture. Casey is blowing out of smoke. He is ready to go because today we have a pretty cool interview. We're talking to Dean Cameron today. Casey, who is Dean Cameron? Dean Cameron was in a lot of 80s movies. We all know him from uh, Ski School, Summer School. He was a he. We got to get into it. He must be pretty good friends with Mark Harmon because he seems to be in a lot of Mark Harmon films. Yeah, maybe he is. I know I've seen an interview with him before, and I remember him saying like I was nervous about getting that summer school job because I was going to get to work with Mark Harmon, who I was a fan of, and I was like, I discovered Mark Harmon in summer school, but so I didn't know he did anything before that. Yeah, wow, but, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, Dean Cameron, he's got one of the. He's like a, a face you remember from the eighties. You know, he's got a very unique look that's all his. And he's one of those people that I remember, like, he would pop up in things. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the dude from summer school. He's fucking fun. And since I was a kid, you know, an 80s kid loving horror movies, his role in summer school is my favorite. Absolutely. Because he's he, he his name is Chainsaw in the, in the movie. And he's a big fan. Him and his buddy in the movie are big fans of, like, horror movies and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all that stuff. And I remember when it came out, because I was a big fan of the gore. It had one of the goriest scenes that I've ever seen in in uh, summer school. Like it really? was really gory. <laughs> I'm like this is supposed to be a comedy. Why is this grossing me out so much? They were they were really into like making uh, special effects, horror effects, and they 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 pranked a uh, incoming teacher with like a death scene, and it was really funny. <laughs> There's a million great lines in that summer school movie. Here's uh, you're gonna. This is gonna. I know it's gonna shock you and everyone else. I've never seen it yet. Mm. I, actually, I'm not gonna lie to you. I probably have seen it, but when I was a kid, and I don't remember it. So, it was a Carl Reiner movie. So, if you're familiar with Carl Reiner, he did a whole bunch of uh, Martin Steve Martin movies. So he was like starting to become this banner name, and then suddenly, you know, Summer School comes out. It's just another great home run from Carl Reiner. Yeah, this one. You gotta you gotta get caught up on this one. Oh yeah, it's in it's on the list, man. Uh, there's so much, you know, all the episodes that we've been doing. There's so much on my list to watch. I went back and I watched Ski School. That's a classic, and yeah. then uh, of course the episode uh, that everybody remembers from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where he plays like a spoof of his character on Always Sunny when they go to the when they go to the ski uh, the ski school. They hit yep. the slopes. I think it's called the gang hits the slopes. 
are in the middle of a prank war with Frank and Dennis. Yeah. All right, nice. What's the prank? What's the prank? We're drilling a hole in the women's shower so we can look at them naked. <laughs> I kind of don't get how spying on naked, unaware women is a prank at all. Me either, yeah. me either. Well, me the either. real prank mm -hmm. is when I jam my dick through that hole and yell, special <laughs> delivery. Oh, dude, no. I don't think so. You, you can't like, do that, man. Oh, you get in a lot yeah. of trouble for something like that's the one. Oh, yeah, yeah. He put his long hair wig on and yeah, he's doing like sex comedy jokes in Always Sunny. And everyone's like, oh, this doesn't play anymore. What are you doing? <laughs> that's a good show. That's right. I forgot he was on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's been in a lot of things like just looking at his IMDb. He's got almost 100 different credits on there. So he's still working. I mean, he was iconic in the 80s, but he's still doing stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's. I don't think he's ever stopped acting. Maybe this year or last year because of the fucking pandemic. But yeah, well, it'd be great to catch up with him and see what uh, see what's going on with him now. Absolutely. I actually see we have a guest in our room. So all right, I guess it's that time. Sounds good. Hey, Dean, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's a real pleasure to have you here. You look great. I do what I can. Well, you should see me from down all the way down is really bad, though. So. Oh, that's totally changed. But from here to here, okay. It, it's definitely unusual not to see you with long hair, since everything I've ever seen you in had you know long hair. <laughs> wow. So okay. Well, so you stopped watching in the nineties? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. I'm trapped in the eighties. And we um, were saying earlier, right before you came on, it's like you're one of those iconic faces. Like like you're absolutely instantly recognized, and and I always associate. You with with not even just like your most popular roles, but you just when you pop up, I'm like, oh yeah, like you're just like the face that I recognize, and it's just one of those really cool things. You're one of those kind of people that it's like I see you and it warms my heart. So good, good, mission <laughs> really, accomplished. Really great to have you on. One of the things I didn't know about you, uh, I was looking it up, and sometimes IMDb is wrong, and Wikipedia and all those things is wrong. Um, but you played in the LA music scene. Yeah, uh, uh, minorly, yes. I mean, although the band i ultimately was in we, we had a record out so that was cool but yeah i was sort of kicking around there weren't some of the guys uh steel panther guys now yeah yeah two two of them well three cool. three of them actually because i replaced the, the the bass player left but he's now the bass player in steel panther because they the drummer guitar player and bass player were all this band and then when the bass player left i joined okay well how come you didn't stay with the music was it just something um, you were just filling in and wasn't in your well, heart no, I loved it. And I mean, I continue to play. Uh, I play in a karaoke band, or I did until we couldn't go anywhere. But no, the, the record came out. It didn't do very well. And then Steel Panther took off for those guys and, you know, follow the money. So, yeah. And now no one, no one wants to see a 58-year-old in a rock band. You know? Well, isn't Steel Panther probably 58? Yeah, but that's different. Because <laughs> there are no, you know, in a new rock band. Yeah. So. Do you still, I mean, are you a good player or are you just, you know, yeah. so yeah, you're passionate yeah. about music then? Uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I play in this, this a karaoke band. We know 150 songs and people come up and you sing and you've got the lyrics scrolling on the screen and the whole, whole thing. So, yeah. Really? That's awesome. It's so been, what do you get recognized most for? You know, it depends on who it is. The guys your age, it's summer school or ski school, younger people, it's often uh, Noah Baumbach stuff or this movie I did called Sleep With Me. And then, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. That's awesome. 
I was thinking about like the, the stuff you went through a period where it was like uh, 80 sex comedy was kind of like a thing. Like I grew up on 80 sex comedies and you were in pretty much two of the biggest ones that I remember as a kid. What a different time it is now. Like, do you ever look at some of those and go, yikes, these don't play now. And does, <laughs> I mean, it's a different time, but I sometimes look at the stuff that I used to like and I go, oof. They sort of deconstructed it. I, I did an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, they deconstructed all that stuff really nicely. And I, I call that episode Ski School 3 because it was a really perfect episode. I don't know. I think like summer school and certainly ski school were fairly guileless as far as, you know, the uh, acceptable rape that was going on in a lot of the yeah. sex comedies, you know. But I, I think we were it wasn't too bad, you know? So I can only imagine you're, you're starting a job and, and I've never acted in my life. So I'm always fascinated with the way that, you know, movie productions are put together, but I got to think you're going to a, now a, a job and Carl Reiner is your boss. And I can only imagine, cause I was a kid. I really didn't understand the, the scope of, of Hollywood and, and, and all that and who Carl Reiner was, but he had just done a ton of Steven, Steve Martin movies. And now yeah. you have to go, work for Carl Reiner. I think that would yeah. scare the hell out of me. Yeah. You know, it's, I, it's, I was just talking about this with Richard Horvitz, who was also in summer school. And when you are young, when you decide that you're going to be an actor, what you're saying is I'm so awesome. I can be a movie star and I want people to see me 40 feet big in a theater and pay whatever money to go see me. So I was, I've never been intimidated working with anybody because of this sort of bluster that you have to have to be stupid enough to try to be in movies and TV. So at the point where I was able to work with Carl Reiner, I mean, obviously I, he's was a legend and I had nothing but respect for him, but it's like, there, there's so much that goes on in making a movie. It's like any job. It, you you got to get stuff done and you don't have time to mess around. And if you do mess around, it screws everybody up. So being a professional, you just get the job done and, and Carl. So Carl Reiner is your director or Chuckles Griffith is your director. Or who knows who is your director? That's how it is. And you just have to deal with it as it comes. So it was great. The, the fun stuff about Carl was he would, you know, he'd be talking about his friends and, we, and I'd think, Oh, he's, he's talking about Dick Van Dyke right now. Or he's talking about Mel, Mel Brooks. This is a, is really cool to, or, or Steve, yeah, I did this movie with my friend Steve, and uh, you're, oh, okay, you're talking with the jerk? Is that you talking? So it's really a weird thing to see, and you know, stuff I'd seen when I was a little kid, you know, in high yeah. school and, and before. So it was really neat working with him. Yeah, I mean, I, that must be something. That must be just something else. Yeah. One of the things that I really like about you in summer school is, and and tell me if you think I'm insane, but when you're on screen, you have a lot of charisma. And I'm not sure how young you were when I started seeing you in like 85, but you're just instantly likable. Carl Reiner, whenever you see him, even when he's on, you know, on film, he's instantly likable. Yeah. What is it that you think helped you get the roles that you get? And do you think it might be that you have something a little bit more charismatic than other actors? I don't know, man. Just lucky. I mean, you look back and you realize how lucky you were to do what you did. And I, who knows? Who knows? I heard a lot of it was improv. Were you pretty good at improv? Carl Reiner let me and Gary do a little improv, but the script was great. I mean, it was, the script was fantastic. So a lot of that was just 
speak the speech I pray you, as William uh, Shakespeare said. Just saying the lines, doing it. Yeah. The thing I think I remember the most about it was that horror scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just being the, uh, 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 oh God, I guess I was 14 when it came out, I guess. And like, I just remember everybody talking about it and Fangoria magazines were popular and Chainsaw Massacre was popular. So here comes a guy named Chainsaw. The movie review you do of the Chainsaw Massacre is hysterical. (laughs) Actually, I heard you made that up. No, no. Or was that written? Oh, I know what that I was. It's it, all written. Yeah. It wasn't so, supposed to be Chainsaw Massacre. I heard it was supposed no, to be. No, it was supposed movie. to be Freaks, the Todd Browning Freaks. And which movie. was because the original script was a little darker, a little, the kids in the class were a little scarier. And Freaks, there was this nice parallel between the class and, and the movie Freaks that we liked so much. But Carl Reiner screened Freaks at Paramount so we could see it. I'd seen it. But. And the movie ended, and Carmine was, I'm not putting that fucking movie in my movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if he's dropped the F bomb, but I, oh, it's okay. He got the point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a, that is a frightful movie. It is. It is weird. Yeah. Yeah. So tell if you don't mind, tell me a little about your your Hollywood uh, experiences. Maybe was there any kind of roles that you were trying to get that you didn't get? Have you ever seen? <laughs> here's a question. Maybe you don't want to answer. Have you ever seen a uh, role go to another actor and you still look at it and go, "Damn it, that could have been mine." Is there any like ones that got away for you? Oh yeah, I, I mean any movie in the '80s I read for. So I've said this a lot before, but David Lee Roth has a great quote. He said, "I don't get all the women I want. I get all the women who want me." And it's the same with acting is you're just there. And if you get the part, awesome. But generally you don't. But yeah, the Brat Pack, all the Brat Pack movies, uh, any movie in the 80s, all sorts of stuff in the 90s. Yeah, Friends, uh, saying almost anything. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Like, uh, you know, you, you lose more jobs than you get. So, so it's a job full of rejection. I mean, you got to be pretty strong oh, yeah, yeah. to be able to take that rejection. Yeah, and it was interesting because once, you know, I, I stopped for about 10 years and I was working as a, a programmer and I did great in interviews because I've been in so many rooms with people who could hire or fire me, like, you know, a few times a day sometimes. So, I, you know, I do job interviews and I, I, the last two programming jobs I had, I was completely unqualified for, but they just liked me so much that they hired me. But I would just sit there and I don't know, I don't know what to do. And they're like, ah, don't worry about it. It's ridiculous. You wonder why Ticketmaster prices are so high. <laughs> what? So programming was it just kind of a want to you know try some other things outside of, uh, of acting? I want to just get yeah, into IT. I, yeah, I, uh, I I call it the Great Career Crash of 1995. Uh, it happened, and I just wasn't working, and I was broke. I ended up going to Vegas and working as a magician in this show at Caesar's Palace for six months. Uh, I got back and a friend of mine was developed in 1998, a friend of mine was developing this web service. Somebody told me to learn HTML. So I got a HTML book, learned HTML. A friend needed some help doing the front end. So I did that. And then I ended up uh, working at a games, applying for a games company. I, I, I got this, oh, moving, cutting out a big part. Uh, Pat Laberto, who was also in summer school, he and I had written this feature film. And we got it made and it was great. And it was, it was a great experience. Movie's pretty good. A couple of years too late. 
but my agents, my managers didn't come to the set. They didn't come to the screening. And for years, they've been telling me, you need to write something for yourself. So, you know, cause that's what people are doing now. So Pat and I did, and it didn't seem to matter. And I was like, well, screw this business and screw it. I'm going to, I got this really good paying job at a games company and like doing that. And cause there was a nice continuity, uh, the amount of work you put in was equal to the amount that came back, which was completely different from showbiz. So that was nice. And also I, I was in charge of what I was doing and, and there was direct correlation to my work and getting money. And so that was nice for quite a while until I realized I didn't like doing it. So, yeah. Oh. Uh, but, but, and, and, and along there, I, I still worked. I did some stuff. I'd get offers. I, I had a nice voiceover career for a while in the two thousands, but and I always think it was good for me, but I don't know. Life's life. So, I mean, it, it seems cyclical. I mean, most actors have a run. I mean, very few yeah. kind of do it forever. Did, yeah. when you look back at your career, did you, how do you feel about it? Was it what you were trying to do or were you trying to be Tom Cruise? Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you enter the business going, I'm going to be a big movie star. That's, that's the goal. Pretty early on, though, I, realized that I, I just wanted to work and be a character actor. And I, I modeled myself more like Dustin Hoffman, that, that type of career, like some cool stuff and then just neat parts. So I, yeah, it's a strange thing looking back on a career because I look back and I see all the disappointments and all the jobs I didn't get, but I, also over time have developed this perspective of like stuff like, you know, these podcasts and uh, I get really nice letters and stuff. So it's uh, sort of made peace with the, the, the failures I had or, or the rejection I had, uh, the disappointments, but it's, it's a weird thing. It's, you know, it's, it's life. Uh, I'm almost 60 and I carried, I got to carry some movies and that was a big goal. You know, I was number one on the call sheet and one of the thing. And like, that's cool. And Rocky Lesquisco, whatever the movies were, but I did that. So yeah. that's a nice thing and a, a nice legacy, I guess. And, and people still like those movies. And there are a lot of movies that were made that were bigger at the time that nobody talks about or cares about. So it's cool. Oh yeah. That does like, you just said Rocky. Like I remember that movie and yeah, I'm not sure it's a, it's one that lasted, but it was definitely one that I remember and it made a big impression at the time. So, yeah. And, and I didn't mean to be bringing up like negative things like, oh, which one's no. got away? Because I look at your career. I'm like, wow, that sounds like that looks like a grand slam, you know, because yeah, you're exactly. iconic. Yeah, exactly. 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 And that's the perspective that I've sort of grown into with old age. But yeah. And, and you know, Rocky, there is a rabid fan base out there who just freak out for Rocky. So oh, really? Know. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and I'm sitting here asking, you know, oh, do you play music? Well, yeah, you're a singer. You're clearly yeah. a musician. Forgot. I don't miss singing. So good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, you know, I started doing musical, musical theaters when I was musical theater when I was a kid. So. Oh, really? Is that what, how yeah. you got the acting bug? Was it through musical yeah. theater? Yeah. 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 Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know our, our our listeners have a ton of questions, so I'm going to pass it over to Casey. All right. <clears throat> yeah, actually, one of them, I have a couple questions myself. So uh, you said you have like a like a little bit of a chip on your shoulder because of you know 
getting these gigs and everything early in your career. Is this something you always wanted to do, be an actor? Oh, yeah. Uh, from about when I was six. I did a really? play with my, my dad, and I I got better reviews than anyone, and I needed to crave attention. So it's like, oh, I can yeah, try to be in, in movies. Is there ever, have you ever met a shy actor? I don't think I ever have. You just said crave attention. Uh, no, I'm incredibly shy. Um, really? Yeah. I'm not, not good in, in crowds and with people. And once you get to know me, yeah, but I'll, I won't stop talking. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, nice, and I know nice. a lot of, lot of real shy, introverted actors. Yeah. It's, really? That's interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. I think, it, I mean, I think it's just, it's a cross section of humanity. Um, I think it's probably true in any profession. Sure. Yeah. It's not like you could avoid it in one profession. It's yeah. half the people are that way. Sure. Right. Yeah. It's something I've heard about uh, quite a few actors that they're, I, I mean, I, I'm the same way. I know Bill, Bill's a people person. He was begging me to go out the other night. I no, no, thanks. <laughs> All right, so uh, I have one more question. So we interviewed uh, Tommy McLaughlin from uh, mm-hmm. director of uh, Friday the Thirteenth fame, but uh, oh, oh right, uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which you guys, yeah, that was a job I really, 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 really wanted. Oh, wow. you really, really want you wanted yeah, to be in that? Nearly begged them. Really? Them yeah, yeah. You it's were going crazy. after the lead role then, I bet. Yeah, the guy. Yeah. Oh, you would have been amazing in that. I would have been amazing in that. I know. Okay. How did you not get that? I mean, you already I, had, you know, fame and credibility. And, and, I, I and was, fans. Yeah, I was, yeah. I don't know. Yes. Too much money. <laughs> no. What else could it be? Wow. I, so, that other guy was better. I did a better audition. Yeah, so it really comes down to the audition. It, it's, you, do you ever it, just no, get a job? Because somebody no, says, no, there's so much, there's so much that is completely out of your control. I did a series once and the showrunner was telling me that the lead they wanted who was approved by the network and all those, because they have a, a list and each network has a list of people that they'll like, yeah, Patrick Dempsey and wh- whoever, Dylan McDermott. And so they have this list. They go, yeah, if you, they'll, if you cast one of these guys, you can do your show. So they had this person on the list and the network didn't approve him because one of the executive's wives had directed a movie, like a TV movie with this actor. And it was a dumb TV movie that he was obviously doing just to make the money. And she didn't like him. So he didn't get this job. So there's all this stuff. You might look like someone that, that reminds someone of someone they didn't like, or you you might be taller or too short or who knows, man. So there's so many variables to getting a job being good in the audition. That really helps a lot, but it's not everything. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. I'm sorry, but I interrupted you with your questions. No, no, all, all good. Yeah. We talked to uh, Tommy McLaughlin. My, I have a question before we get into the fan questions. You were in a show called, uh, they came from outer space. Yeah. The Tommy, Tommy developed. Yeah. He created it, right? Yeah. How involved was he with the show? Well, I haven't ever seen the show, and I can't find it anywhere. So, there's. I think there's a couple episodes on YouTube. Okay. Uh, pirated. He developed the show. I think there was a power struggle, and they they sort of pushed him out after a few episodes. 
and these other people took sort of took the show over. Dunno seemed political. Down, dunno. Just yeah. happy to be working. <laughs> but I always like Tommy and I still I still say hi to him occasionally. So. Yeah, Tommy's right. a great that guy. Tommy's online. Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. And he may be doing another uh Friday the thirteenth here. He wants yeah. to. He's he's yeah, he's trying, trying for to it, yeah. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. We we're we're looking forward to that. So, all right, we're going to try this here with uh, Michael. He's in our waiting room and uh, our patron. Uh, we'll let him in to ask his uh, fan question here. Hey, Michael. Hey. Michael, how are you, bud? Good, how are you? So, Michael is our patron from uh, Patreon. If you go over to uh, patreon.com slash deluxe edition pod, you can sign up and uh, ask a guest a question. So, uh, go ahead, Michael. I know you were on ALF. And I'm just kind of curious what it was like to be on the show Alf and what it was like to work across from a puppet. I'll give you a short answer, but there's a, I wrote a very long essay about my experience on Alf. That was a, it's pretty funny. It's on DeanCameron.com. Well, first of all, you, you, you got a sheet and it said, don't call it puppet, call it Alf. I did three episodes of it. I was doing night shoots, reshoots for men at work at night. And so I was completely exhausted. And my girlfriend was moving out of out uh, at the time, and it was a bad, bad, bad time for me. So, and so, and I was doing Alf, which I did not really throw on. But um, <laughs> everyone was very nice. Uh, I have one of my favorite showbiz stories is from Alf, which is on DeanCamera.com blog. It's pretty funny, but I, I, it was a good time. And you know, I I was on Alf, so that was cool. Robert. Remember that discussion we had about us living together? Mm-hmm. This would be a good time for me. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, fun fact, I, I played this mime and I had this sort of mime jumpsuit in one of the scenes. And it inside of it, because of all the clothes, they all the studios recycle all their clothes from show to show. It was Sonny Bono's jumpsuit from the Sonny and Cher show. So. <laughs> Pretty cool. Have you ever right. seen, um, <laughs> speaking of things floating around on YouTube, I guess there are some outtakes from that show that are not safe for work today. And, and I, if, if you know what I'm talking about, you know, anybody else can YouTube it, but was it a toxic set? I've always heard that it was a little bit like people didn't like each other. And Well, the thing about ALF was, you know, on live shows, you, you get a script on Monday, you rehearse it, and then you shoot it on either Thursday or Friday. ALF shot two days because of the trenches for, the, for ALF. But on Monday, there would be this amazing, hilarious script where everybody was funny, and it was clever. And by tape day, ALF had all the good lines, and everyone else was just an idiot. And after three weeks, I wanted to put a bullet through my head. I can only imagine how it was like working on that show for five years. So, wow, I, yeah, it, it 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 was a little demoralizing, but it the cast the cast was fine with each other. The one story I had they, there was a there was an argument, but it all made sense. And uh, but everyone was very nice. And Andrea, who played the daughter, ended up working on. They came from outer space. A couple of years later. So. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. It was, uh, uh, 
but no, the, it was not toxic. I've been on toxic sets. This was not a toxic set. It was just people trying to get through, get through it. I think it's right. one of those things when I see like any movie when I was young, I felt like the production was a billion people. And I was just like, you know, how in the world can anything, uh, any secrets be kept? But the more that we do our show, we kind of, you know, find out that, you know, sometimes these productions aren't great. Sometimes it's like a, anybody has a bad, you know, gig. They're working at a place, whether it's working at McDonald's or somewhere else. Sometimes you just got a shitty situation. And, and it must be yeah. crazy to be like, let's pretend you said Alf is the worst thing ever. Like the rest of the world is just praising it. You're secretly going, I'm one of only a few people who really know the train wreck right. behind the scenes. That's, right. that's interesting to me. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and also, you know, my first, my first feature film, not my first job, my first feature film was summer school and working with Carl Reiner. And he would work from 10 AM to 6 PM every day. Like, it's like, there's no need to kill yourself. We're just making movies. And it was the nicest set. the most relaxed set greatest people and it completely spoiled me for the you know the last 39 years of uh, of working you know but alf was alf was a not a it was a, only a bad experience for me because of what was going on externally in my life well I great question just, michael i mean we we, yeah. we always dug some real good dirt out there we we good job good job Thank but you. yeah check out the essay because it's it it involves this uh, amazing amazing day so uh, thank you again, Michael, for your question. All right, and we'll get into uh, the rest of them here. Robert Butts, uh, an old friend of mine who was uh, the love bug as a professional wrestler, he would like to know, uh, what was your take on playing uh, Spicoli in the Fast Times TV series, and uh, did you take anything from Sean Penn playing the character in the movie? Yes. My take on it was, it was it, when they announced that, they were going to make a series of fast times. Everyone in town was thinking, who's the poor putz that's going to play Spicoli? What a thankless, horrible job that's going to be. And myself, you know, I auditioned for it, auditioning for it. And I'd only done one series before. Well, even while I was auditioning, I'm not going to do this. There's no way I'm going to do this job. If I get it, I'm going to turn it down. I'm going to turn it down. And it was a six month process where I guess they brainwashed me into taking the job, but, it was great because it put me on the mat. It directly led to me doing summer school, which summer school led to just everything else in my career. And yeah, I, I'm sure I, I had to take something from Sean Penn. He was amazing. And, you know, there's an expectation that character to be a certain way. So I had to do that. I tried to do my own take on it, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. And why you, you mentioned that you- during the audition process, you said that it, you told yourself if you were going to get the gig, you were going to turn it down. Why is that? Because I didn't want to play Spicoli, oh, okay. the TV version of Fast Times. It was a death sentence. I was wrong, but uh, it, it could have been a, a, a really bad move. You know, yeah. Gotcha. I barely remember that show, but I do remember yeah. they made a TV version. Yeah, it was only seven episodes. It fulfilled its uh, purpose for everybody involved. I think. How does that go? So somebody owns the rights. They say, we're going to convert this into a TV show and keep on making a little bit of money off this brand. Or did they yeah. really expect it to be a, a, a series and continue on? Yeah, of course they did. Uh, you know, they, they were trying to make a sequel for a long time and, and Sean Penn said he wouldn't do it. Um, and so the next, 
the next stupid thing to do is to make a TV series. And I think, you know, with the, the characters in that show and the, the, even the source material, there's, there's plenty of material there for a series. It was just, it was on CBS, which at the time was the Tiffany network, which was, they skewed more towards older people. So there was a big push from the network it, that's why it was, it was called fast times, not fast times at Ridgemont high. It was called fast times. And they, they hammered on the fact that it was about these kids and the adults in their life. So it wasn't just about teenagers and it was on a weird night and it was an expensive show to make. And also it was early mid eighties. You couldn't do, I, I, I couldn't be high. I just had to be happy or spacey. Mm. Um, <laughs> And I even remember there was one, I had a line where I said, it's a gift. The line was, it's a gift from God. And I couldn't say that. I had to say it's a gift from above. So TV was very different back then. Mm. Uh, there was a lot of stuff you couldn't do. And it just, it, you know, that sh- movie didn't translate because the movie was raunchy and hard. And they really softened the edges of the series, which they had to do. And oh, well. Yeah. Well, you said it was... It was a death sentence. How did you, meaning you knew the show wouldn't work out? No, no. I, if I sucked at Spicoli, it would have been the last job I ever did. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. High expectations on you. Yeah. 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 Huge. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how different TV is today than it was back then? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's TV is great. Movies are horrible. You know, it's weird, right? Yeah. All right, so uh, let's see. Mike Zellner Jr. of uh, he was actually the Love Bugs tag team partner back in our wrestling days. You have a lot of wrestling yeah. fans. How about that? How would uh, he would like to know how much ad libbing did you do in the movie Summer School? And it's one of his favorite movies ever. And I think you touched on that a little bit earlier. Yeah. Well, uh, you have very good taste if it's one of your favorite movies. It's good to know. Uh, there was there was a bit. I think. Uh, yeah, have a cow was ad libbed. There was some. There's some good ad. We, I, I got some good stuff in there. It's some good stuff in there. But yeah, how I do you know when you're going to get a role with a director who's going to let you ad lib? I mean, is it reputation? Do you hear? Oh, this director is usually stick to the script, never play. That director is go ahead and be a little bit creative. Do you ever pick a movie based on that kind of thing from a director? I, I don't pick a movie. I don't get to pick a movie, but. You feel it out, and, and and on TV, it's you can't ad lib as much. On they came from outer space, we ad libbed a bunch. They would even write, they'll ad lib something here. But generally on TV now, there it's really a writer's medium, writer producer medium. So, and there's so much story that has to be done. So, not a lot of ad libbing. Uh, Comedy is different because you really want to try to make it your own. And if you're a funny person, you can maybe kill the lily a bit but the way I, I think you have to if you're going to be an actor or someone who's going to ad lib on something you got to place those first couple ad libs really good you got to make them great because if they don't then they'll just say um no why don't you stick to the script because we're, we're really trying to stick to the script on this uh so if you if you knock it out of the park the first couple times they'll they'll let you do it if if it works i mean if it makes sense so you mentioned that uh, sometimes in the script it will just say "ad lib" here. Were you like? Did you go ahead? 
in 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 that show they came from outer space oh, oh okay okay nothing else yeah all right so were you like an improv how does that work like how do they know that you're gonna be able Good to do it. that yeah we would just ad lib stuff and it was just me and this other guy so uh after a while you know they can't really <laughs> they're, they're sort of over a barrel and we were good. I mean, we were good at it. it was Stuart Fratkin was also in can, uh, also in ski school, and it, we were funny. So fortunately, it worked out. Uh, I think if if our adlibs were not funny, they wouldn't have let us go off as we did. Sure. And and you don't if you're if you're either if you get the situation and the writing or the character, you you can often express yourself express the character better than the writer or director or producers can because you're living in it. You know, the writer's taking care of all these characters and you as the actor, you're just taking care of it one. So. Sure. I mean, it's like, how do you know, how do you know what to say every day? Just because you're you. All right. Will a writer be able to kind of step in and say, Hey, he's not doing it the way I envisioned yeah. it. Absolutely. Are they usually that, hanging around the set like that? Generally sometimes. Yeah. It depends on the project. TV, definitely. A lot of times on movies, they don't want the writer anywhere near them, which is unfortunate. Um, it's just various project project. And, you know, myself, I always want whatever I'm doing to work for the, the piece. So if I'm ad-libbing and they don't want me to, I, I won't because I, I get it. You know, I've, I write and... I don't want someone messing up my script that I worked so hard on, but if, if it makes sense to ad lib, be ad lib and they can use it or not. Do you do any stand up comedy at all? Or I did. And I'm, I'm was friends and am friends with a lot of standups. I don't have the balls to do that. Those guys. Um, it's a whole, I, I mean, the standups, the people are good at it are the greatest people in the world. They work so hard at it for so long. You have to do 10 years, you know, going out every night to open nights and doing 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there. And guys that are good at it are just astonishing. I did a, I do the show. I, I corresponded with a Nigerian scammer for several years and ended up turning and ended up getting a check from him for $3 and 50 cents. And I turned it into a two-person show, and we performed at the uh, Edinburgh Comedy Festival two years in a row. And that festival is it's lousy with stand-ups from all over the world. And it, it, these people are superhuman, the ones who are good at it. Just they have nothing but respect for me, for, from me for them. It, so I've done some stand-up. It's gone okay, but I'm not a stand-up comedian. That's funny that you, that you say that because, I mean, I I cannot say I'm any type of actor at all, but I was on a film set. I got to be Jason Voorhees for one kill. And nice. yeah, so like you're in, that, there's a lot of people around. And if you're ad-libbing and stuff and they're loving it, like how how is that different than being in front of a crowd? It's not, it's, well the way it isn't is because you haven't created that situation. Someone else has created the situation. If you're ad-libbing on a set, if you're a stand-up and you're a good one, you're bringing yourself to it and you're, or your yourself and your view of the world. Uh, 
And so, and then there's a joke construction and set construction and this whole arc that you need to take your audience through in a stand-up set that is very different than just sort of saying one funny line. Sure. I think. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I could never fucking do it. That's for sure. Uh, so it's because you know, I worked funny. on, I did, I, I did some behind the scenes stuff on this movie called the aristocrats, which is all about, which is a documentary about these, some of the greatest standups in history telling the same joke over and over. And it's a great illustration of what, why the great standups are great. Cause there's one joke, same setup and same punchline, but 140 different ways of telling it. It's that's really a, cool. It's a great movie, actually. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. yeah, that's a Gilbert Godfrey does that, right? He's he's yes. one of the he's one of the big ones that does that, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right. So uh, to stick with the, uh, you mentioned the Nigerian spam scam scam. Yeah. Michael Joseph would like to know: Are you still performing it, and will it ever come back to New York City? We did a a pandemic version. I think it's still on YouTube. I put it up on YouTube. Obviously, we're not now. My wife makes me do it about once a year. So I get out of the house and get to perform in front of people. So once we can do that, I'll probably do it. New York, I don't know. That would be great. I have a, I have a, a video on demand of it that I, I need to finish, that I've been telling myself I'm going to finish for a year now. And just too freaking lazy to do it uh but i'll be releasing that at some point all right i hope before the end of the year but you said there's a you said there's a version on youtube there is a version of, yeah there's a version on youtube cool i, I would, think it's I would... on i think it's on the dean cameron youtube channel <laughs> that sounds pretty uh my pretty 300 subscribers yeah how many uh, uh, over 295 oh you're gonna definitely break 300 now <laughs> after this show <laughs> all right so uh let's see to stick with to go back to summer school there's we got quite a few of summer school kyle Patton, our friend kyle Patton, he would like to know what was it like doing a movie with kirstie alley courtney thorne smith shawnee smith and fabiana Odenio, and then have mark Harmon around to compete with <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'd worked with Courtney on, she was on the Fast Times TV show. Uh, so I knew Courtney and uh, Shawnee and I had the same manager. So I knew Shawnee, but she was also, I think she was the only real teenager. So, and I had a girlfriend at the time and Mark was married, still is to Pam Dauber. So, you know, but Kirst, and I'd worked with Kirstie Alley and Mark Harmon the year before in a TV movie. And she was hilarious. Kirstie Alley is wildly funny. <laughs> Is that just coincidence that you stayed with them or is that part of, you know, just the way acting works? You work with certain people routinely. Well, you try to work with people you like working with and it, yeah, it, it just worked out that way. It was nice. It worked out nicely. I, I mean, it's, it is who, you know, but it's also if you're able to perform too. So cause I, the writer was aware of me and Mark, Harmon was aware of me. So. And nobody says, well, they were in this together and maybe they had chemistry, but we don't want to put them together again because 
people won't buy it because they're used to, you know, these people over here. Was that, that is that happen. ever an issue? Uh, does it happen? Yeah. That can happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I know we're running out of time here with you, Dean. So uh, this is a pretty good question here. Nick Wright would like to know, since you've, you did tend to specialize sort of in the eighties playing an underdog. Uh, is there a film that you were in that you think deserves more credit than it might get? And of the roles that you've had, which character is, is your favorite? Yeah. The, the movie I wrote with Pat Laberto, it's called Hollywood Palms. I think I'm really good in that and it didn't get any attention. I think it's on cable now and I think it's on YouTube maybe that I would have liked to have gotten more, more attention for. And what was the second part? The, uh, my favorite, second. my favorite, my favorite part. Yes. The favorite character you played. I have a well, soft spot for chainsaw, obviously. And Rockula, Ralph and Rockula was a good one. Really nice. And uh, a fun one. And, uh, and then Hollywood Palms, the, the character I played in that. that so, the- uh, our friend Joe, uh, it sounds like the Hollywood Palms might be the answer to this question. Uh, would that be the movie that you might be most proud of? I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that in a different way. We managed to get a movie made. There's there's really not a movie I'm most proud of. I, 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 yeah. All right. So one final question here for you, Dean. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Josh Ramsey and I would like to know, just how much blow were you doing in the eighties? Oh, you almost got a spit take off them. <laughs> um, it's funny. I stopped drinking when I was 18, a, a year after I moved to LA and only started four years ago again. And I just stopped cause I, I realized I drank a lot in high school cause I, I grew up in Oklahoma and there wasn't anything to do drink. So did that when I moved to LA, I realized I couldn't keep doing that. So I did not do any, I've never done cocaine and I'm really bad at telling when people are high. I can tell drunks like that, but when people are high, I don't know. And I, I worked with a director who a few years later said, uh, I was on heroin the entire time. So I no idea. Movie came out great. Um, but you know, who knows? So, wow. What's well, good no. to hear, man? I, I'm, and I never, and I never saw, I, I, I never saw cocaine around. Uh, there were some parties I went to where, like, it's snowing in the bathrooms. Like, uh, okay, cool, but that's it. That's good to hear, man. That that I mean, it was definitely around in the eighties. I so I hear I did not. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine a friend of mine who'd never done it and has not done it since uh the only time she did it was she went she was backstage at a darkness concert and somebody had cocaine and she thought i'm gonna do cocaine this is a place to do it so yeah it seems if, right if yeah. i'm gonna od it's gonna be at the darkness show at the darkness show yeah. yeah what did i tell you the other night when you were trying to get me to go out bill I said, I want, if I drink, I want to do cocaine <laughs> and I don't want to do cocaine anymore. So yeah. there you go. UX yeah, cocaine yeah. users. You, you guys still seem to miss it and love it. I've never had it either. And I probably better that way. Yeah, me. I, the, the idea of getting really hyper and excited does not appeal to me. I rather, rather just lie down, take a nap. So. <laughs> 
Oh, this has been great, Dean. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you for your time. And do you have and, anything that you uh, want oh, yeah. to plug before do, we leave? I would like to pimp. I do a, a daily web thing with Richard Horvitz from summer school. He's also in Vader Zim and every other animated character called some kind of joke. Uh, we put on Instagram and blah, blah, and blah, blah, and blah, 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 some kind of joke. Uh, it's stupid and a minute and a half of your time every day. So nice. That's awesome. cool. All right. Yeah. We'll link and, to that uh, for sure. And right, DeanCameron.com, cool. correct? There's DeanCameron.com too. Yes. Awesome. All right, you guys. Thank you very much, man. Thank you so much. Be good. Drive fast. Take chances. Take chances.